0: Asalaamu Alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening, good evening, Radio Islam family. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM Chicago, and I am your grateful host. Tariq Elamine, So good to be with you. And as always, joining me, I'm going to introduce him early as opposed to later. On the boards, uh, engineer, uh, producer, uh, extraordinaire, Ibrahim Beg, uh, with me this evening.
1: As salamu alaykum.
0: Walaykum as salam. Folks, for those of you who are new to Radio Islam, if this is your first time listening in, then you are most likely. Well, you are either listening in on WCEV 1450 AM or you are listening via our live stream at www.wcev1450.com. And I'd also like to let you know, feel free to stop by RadioIslam.com where you can look at some more behind the scenes types of information. You can look at articles, you can look at guest bios, uh, former programs. Uh, There's a lot of information and we're adding new information uh, and new, uh, just new content to it uh, as we, well, not as we speak because we're with you right now, but we are adding new content. And one of those things that I want to bring to your attention is the Friday Night Artist Profile. Uh, This is, we had a great time with our first artist a couple of weeks ago, Selma Demir, and we're looking forward to this Friday. We've got a powerhouse Uh, Duo that's coming in That'll be joining us in studio To talk about their art And to also perform uh, With God's permission, inshallah And that is uh, Hassan and Sarah Hussein. So we're looking forward to having them in And uh, and looking forward to that show So we hope that you'll join us Friday night 6 p.m., same station, same place, same time So, um, that being said We are Always happy to have you join us. Uh, We can't see you, but we know you're there. Uh, If you haven't taken the time to follow us on social media, please do so. Uh, That is one of our our main ways that we're able to stay connected to you. We're able to get your feedback, uh, hear your thoughts. So on Twitter and Instagram, we are at the same handle. That means we're at the same address. And that is at Radio Islam USA on Twitter and Instagram. Now, on Facebook, you can check us out at Radio Islam, simply Radio Islam. Like the page. You'll be updated when we post uh, new content. We like to share the the photos of our uh, in-studio guests uh, there. We also make sure that we share the episodes as we upload them to SoundCloud. So I just hit you with the next platform that you can stay up to date with us and communicate with us. Uh, and that is SoundCloud. We're at Radio Islam. Just Radio Islam on SoundCloud. Or oh, is it was Radio Islam USA? Radio Islam USA. See, that's the problem when you have too many phone numbers. Uh, but Radio Islam USA. Follow us there on SoundCloud. The Today's episode will be there tomorrow, inshallah. With God's permission, it will be there tomorrow. So that's generally how we operate. But as you're listening, you are always able to comment at specific spots in the uh, in the episode so at 10 seconds 20 seconds it doesn't matter what it is you're always able to comment uh, basically and just put a little post-it note there so that's all of that and the last thing is for those of you who would like to call in on this wonderful Tuesday evening uh, if you are in the car or you've just made it home or on a train wherever you're at if you'd like to give us a call, you can do so at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. So we're going to begin tonight's, uh, tonight's show with, with a little bit of, a little bit of humor. And I'm going to tell you why, because we've got a few things that are on deck that we're going to talk about that are really not so funny. But I figured we could start out with a joke just to, you know, just to unwind, just to kind of loosen up a little bit. And uh, we hope you appreciate the joke. I didn't write it, so don't judge me. Um, But here's the joke. A woman gets on a bus with her baby. No, 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 no. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. I'm not going to I'm not going to tell that joke. If I tell that joke, then. Yeah. I'm not going to tell a joke. I'm going to tell this joke. Mr. and Mrs. Brown had two sons. One was named Mind Your Own Business and the other was named Trouble. One day, the two boys decided to play hide and seek. So Trouble hid while Mind Your Own Business counted to 100. Mind Your Own Business began looking for his brother, you know, behind garbage cans, bushes, you know, and closets. Then he started looking in and under cars until a policeman approached him and asked, what are you doing? The boy says, playing a game. And the policeman says, what's your name? And the boy looks at him and goes, mind your own business. The policeman was upset. He says, are you looking for trouble? And the boy replied, well, yes, I am. (laughs) You get it. Mind your own business and trouble? I'm looking at Ibrahim's face like as a gauge for, <laughs> for what you might be looking like right now. And he, he didn't look like he was, you know, eh, maybe, I don't know, I don't know. But anyway, that's not my joke, so uh, I'm going to step away from it. But that was our joke for the day. Uh, if you've got a joke that's family-friendly, radio-friendly, and you like to share it, uh, post it. Send, you know, post it on our Facebook page or put it in a, uh, send it to us in a, in a message on the, our inbox. So, mind your own business and trouble. <laughs> I thought <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was decent. Okay, but anyway, um, uh, we we always thank you for like I said for for joining us. So we've got a few topics that we've been looking at, uh, a few stories that are in the news, and some things that have happened uh, a little closer to home that we want to get into this evening, and they're not. They're not happy things, but what's really important for us to remember for all of us who consider ourselves not just to be Muslim, but people of faith, people who believe that there is a higher, a higher power that has control and is the final decision maker over all things. It's really important for us to remember uh, that presence. It's really important for us to remember Allah, to remember God, whatever by whatever name you call the creator of of all th- of all things, the source of. Um, uh, uh, of provision, whatever you refer to uh, the Creator as, it's important for us to remember that our Creator it has final say. So, uh, even as we talk about some of these things that that are distressing for us, so yesterday uh, I actually found myself a little more irritated by ignorance than than is probably customary for me. I'm not one who is really quick to uh, quick to anger. Um, but yesterday, I guess it was just in the air. It was a Monday, I don't know. But we had um, there's a thing called trolling. All right, now if you are active on social media, then you know what trolling is, right? But if you're not trolling, and if you're not if you're not active, I'll explain to you uh, briefly what trolling is. So, in internet slang, a uh, troll is a person who sows discord on the internet by starting quarrels or upsetting people by posting inflammatory, extraneous, or off-topic messages in an online community or or on a post or tweet, right, Uh, or in forums, chat rooms, blogs. Uh, And they do this with the intent of provoking readers into an emotional response or of otherwise disrupting normal on-topic discussion. And this is often simply for the troll's amusement. Now, This term trolling, it does not apply to what takes place often in social media because it comes from a place that is far darker than simple. A person is looking for amusement. They're not saying things just for the attention, but they're saying things because there is a desired uh, action behind those uh, behind those words. And what I'm talking about specifically We had a few posts up on Radio Islam's uh, Facebook page. And there were some responses, you know, and people post responses all the time. But the response that I looked, and I looked at the response and saw what it was, and it was, there were four different responses, and one of them was, like, it was just ridiculous. One of them was an actual, like, rack of of pork ribs, (laughs) And it said, uh, "No, no Sharia zone." All right. And then there was another one that was a like a wild pig and a helmet, you know, like a soldier. And it said, uh, "I am the infidel," and if you agree, share something like that. And the last one I'll mention was it was a it was a picture of what stereotypically you would you would look to think is a Muslim. It looks like a uh, uh an uh an outer uh man with a long beard and uh he had a, a a turban on and it said it was a text it says Islam means peace. We are proud British, American, Australians, whatever. And then it had beneath it said, uh, Islam encourages uh, it encourages uh, duplicity or it, enc- it encourages deception, and that is one of the, the tenets of Islam, right? So I'm looking at these things, and really none of those things on their own, like, really even bothered me, to be quite honest with you. Um, this whole idea of, you know, of showing pigs, you know, uh, you know, uh, God made pigs. You know, it's not for me to hate them. He just said, as a Muslim, I don't eat them. Right. But I'm not going to mistreat a pig. Um, So that that in itself is just kind of ridiculous. Uh, The whole. So, you know, you putting up a slab of pork bacon. You know what what kind of what kind of sense does that make as a Muslim? What does that do to me? Nothing. Um, If you want to burn burn Qurans, Right. That's between you and God. I mean, whether you read it or not. Once again, you're doing something and you think that it has an impact on people where people are going to lose their minds and that's just not the case. But what really got me what really upset me was the climate that we're in now. I think in large part it is facilitated by by Muslim, well-meaning well-meaning Muslims who Feel that they have to apologize for every act of barbarism, every every heinous act that is against uh, humanity that is done under so-called done under the banner of Islam. And when these apologies come out, there's almost a sense of there's a sense of responsibility that people are taking for acts that they themselves look at as being, you know, horrific and barbaric but without going too far i'll i'll end it here i mean i was i was so i was actually i was really upset not not with with bigots because bigots have been here bigots will always be here i was upset more so with the idea that as people of faith as rational thinking people as muslims that we find it necessary to enable we, we not necessary, but we enable people to put us in a position where we are always we're always on the defense. So what I'm telling you, family, brothers and sisters, whether you're Muslim, Christian, whatever, whatever your faith uh, tradition is. What I'm telling you is, is that as human beings, we have core sensitivities and beliefs that 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 beautify us when we come together things that we uphold right we uphold justice we uphold fairness we uphold just you know human dignity but when we put in ourselves in a position where we are taking on the the sins of others we really we do ourselves a disservice right so i'm actually uh, i'm i'm writing a piece on this and i, I will likely share it uh on either Radio Slime, uh, the Facebook page, or the the website, uh, just to kind of explore this a little more in-depth. But what I want us also to remember is this, is that this is not trolling. This is more akin to the cross-burnings that were rampant throughout the South and also took place in the North as well. I mean, they, they took place with enough frequency that... Folks in in the uh, in the North were not surprised when they did take place, but this is more in line with the cross burnings that signaled a greater violence that was to come and we've seen a spike in violence going back to our current president's time on the road campaigning. Um, we see and not just not just related towards towards Muslims but also Related um, uh, violence that has gone unchecked uh, against African American, against Black and Brown people in this country. Believe me, folks, I'm not trying to bum you out. I really am not. Um, but these are these are realities, and not addressing them, not looking at them, doesn't make them a goal, make, Doesn't make them go away. But as I said in the beginning, it's important for us to remember that remember who is ultimately in control so let's let's do that um let's do that and let's you know we're gonna we're gonna move on we've got a few other uh topics that we want to want to get into uh you are listening to radio islam at wcev 1450 am streaming on www.wcev1450.com And you can give us a call at 312-750-1178. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be uh, right back. And uh, my brother Ibrahim and I are going to get into uh, the next thing on the list. This is Radio Islam. We'll see you in a second.
1: When Dad needed help getting around, I became his driver. Soon enough, it was up to me to be his housekeeper and financial manager, too. When he moved in, I became his cook and even his nurse. But no matter what roles I play, I know I'm still his daughter.
0: We understand the roles you play. So to help, we created aarp.org caregiving, where you can connect with experts and other caregivers. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Would your business survive a disaster? Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call and talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam
1: salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers
0: to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. as alaykum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome back. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV, 1450 AM, Chicago, Illinois. As you know, we're on every day from 6 to 7, and we're a live call-in talk show. So you can call us at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. Feel free to post on our Facebook page if you would like during the broadcast, and we will make sure that your comment or question is injected into the conversation. So, it is a beautiful Tuesday. We're going to try to up the up the energy, uh keep it moving. So, my brother uh Ibrahim, what do you have going on today?
1: <laughs> okay. Uh I apologize to continue kind of the dark atmosphere. <laughs> but um well, serious serious stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, important stuff, mm-hmm. because it leads to kind of deeper questions about um, where these nationalist movements that we see in America and we almost saw um, gain prominence in Europe yeah. and uh, other places around the world, too. So this is a kind of phenomenon that it helps us to um, ask important questions about. So I was reading a BBC article today. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you some background information uh, in a second on what the article was about. The title of the article, uh, from 10th October 2017, by Gita Pandey, Why Does Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi Follow Trolls on Twitter? Mm. Relevant, because we were just talking about this phenomenon of trolling. Right. Um, It's interesting because this phenomenon of trolling also ties into politics in our time, strangely enough. Yeah. Um, So I'll read a couple of lines from this article. Uh, Award-winning Indian actor Prakash Raj recently joined the long list of people asking why Prime Minister Narendra Modi follows trolls on Twitter. The actor said he was upset when he saw some people rejoicing on social media after the recent murder of his friend, journalist Gauri Lankesh now um, so this was a journalist who was murdered she was a very popular very uh, prominent journalist mm-hmm. I'll tell you a little bit about her from a, another BBC article from September 6 2017 uh, Gari Lankish was an Indian ju- Indian journalist shot dead in her in front of her home in Bangalore she was 55 years old she was known to be uh, a journalist who was critical of the BJP Party, which is a Hindu nationalist, kind of a far-right party in in power who the Prime Minister also belongs to. Um, She was found shot dead in the head and chest outside her own home by gunmen who were on motorcycle. No one has been charged in her killing. Um, So now, back to the article about the Indian Prime Minister following troll he's basically people are criticizing him saying that he's basically condoning this type of behavior he himself has millions upon millions of followers obviously he's the leader of a country Mm -hmm. this article closes with an interesting um, couple of lines it quotes someone in the article saying i've also been asking why can't mr modi unfollow these people but i realize that it's part of their political strategy Mr. Sinha says Mr. Sinha is someone who was interviewed throughout the course of the article Mm -hmm. and he goes on to close by saying these people are not really trolls they are much more important than that they are the party's foot soldiers on Twitter Mm. he adds Mm. Um, a very interesting I guess you could say a disturbing dynamic when we see okay people are engaging in all types of behavior, right, on social media. Some is good, some bad, some is just strange. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes kind of woven into the politics of a country, um, we have to ask, what's really going on here? What's, what's going on on a deeper kind of a psychological level? Right. So some parallels that I saw um, with what's going on in India and also what's going on in our country... Um, and I ask our listeners to think about it And make up your own mind So we see parallels um, Nationalist movements Which are often far right, right. Becoming dominant in a country mm-hmm. These movements the some Many of the people in these movements Are often known to be antagonistic Or even uh, in some cases oppressive Toward minorities Now with the list I'm reading to you is India But I want you to think about And see how much of this applies to us here in the United States and in what ways. Yeah. So nationalist far-rights movements, often oppressive toward minorities or at least antagonistic towards ethnic or religious minorities. Um, the prime minister of India himself, now I'll go on to say this prime minister is much, much worse than anything we can imagine, hopefully, in America. Yeah. Um he was imp- a lot. Yeah, He was implicated. In being complicit in ethnic riots, which killed uh, hundreds of minorities, hundreds of Muslims in Gujarat about, about a, over a decade ago, okay. he was actually banned from entering the United States until he got elected as the prime minister which, uh, under the Obama during the era of the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. That ban was lifted once he actually got elected. Um, Another commonality, Twitter. The Prime Minister of India has a huge Twitter following and questionable demeanor on Twitter, Mm -hmm. if that sounds familiar to you. Um, And lastly but not least, the trolls. Now, Imam Tariq defined what a troll is. Um, It's kind of weird that we have to have a technical definition of this, but that's the time we live in. Trolls who immediately, um, quote-unquote, come to the rescue. Of their national leader in the face of any kind of criticism or any kind of uh, tr- attempt to hold the leader accountable. Mm-hmm. They're very aggressive. They leave sometimes very offensive and very shocking comments, and it even comes to the point of uh, issuing threats over social media. Um, there's plenty of articles about that. So, for our listeners, I want you to think about how much of these apply to us here in the United States and what that says about a deeper psychological trend. Are these parallels meaningful? Do they give us any insight into the phenomenon of right-wing national movements throughout the world? Is there a deeper psychological trend here that transcends just policy preference? And another question What's the way forward for minorities Who feel marginalized Under these types of conditions And lastly uh, We mentioned that The journalist Gauri Lankesh Was murdered in front of her own home Mm -hmm. Uh, The murder is officially unsolved But do you listeners Think from what you know That right wing extremists Could have been involved in the murder Of this journalist Gauri Lankesh Who was known to be a critic of uh, The government and especially um, nationalists, kind of far-right movements in India in particular.
0: I don't want to—you know, I'm I'm seeing a thread here, I think, mm-hmm. that goes beyond just politics. Yes, um, absolutely. Because what you mentioned in terms of the, how the trolls come to the defense of—we're talking about political leaders, mm-hmm. right? But when you were saying that, the the, the the name that popped in my head or the group that popped in my head— <laughs> Some of you all might laugh if if you, if you know who this is, but but the beehive. You heard of the beehive? Yeah. So the beehive is those are Beyonce's fans. Oh. Okay. Yes. So you know Beyonce has a following that is so serious that if you say anything against Beyonce, mm-hmm. then the beehive it, it literally is <laughs> like a a real beehive that will come at you. I mean, they have they have just decimated folks uh, that have come out and and they say, you know, if they've complained about it or insult, if if they perceive it as an insult, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, But we also see it in, without making any specific statements, uh, but we also see it in the, just in the celebrity culture in general, which, you know, which some of us have seen or may know about uh, just within the Muslim uh, community In the faith communities Right, right? Um, There was And I don't know how it came about But I know in particular There's a very popular Christian preacher Who got some unfavorable press After the uh, Hurricane um, uh, I think Hurricane Harvey He got some very un- unfavorable uh, right. Unfavorable press And I saw some of the Back and forth on social media just with that I don't know I don't know if anybody has it as, as serious as, as, as the beehive But um, <laughs> But but it's a space where people Can really just I don't know the rules of engagement Are just so different
1: It seems to kind of bring out the worst in people
0: At yeah. times
1: <clears throat> Yeah. It now, can. And what you're saying I think um, it's very important To say that it's not just politics Which is causing this yeah. type of behavior, but I do think that once you add politics into the mix, it really becomes kind of a powder keg. It really, uh it just makes it all the more shocking and just really dangerous, to be honest, because yeah. we have people issuing death threats now, you know?
0: Well, and, and I think that's where, I mean, traditionally, throughout the, the history of, um, throughout modernity in particular, well, even going back before you know the industrialized nations. We've always had emissaries. We've had dim- diplomats. You know that traveled to to foreign country, not countries, but you know lands or kingdoms, empires, uh, and and did the bidding of their their home uh, their home kingdom. So that takes a certain amount, or it took a certain amount of uh, a sensitivity and knowledge and and a, a really a much larger world view. Even before the advent of the nation state, which when you when you kind, when you put that on top of where we are right now, what we're missing is we're missing those who have who speak on behalf of the people. In particular, very you know my own opinion. You you, you may uh, differ. You know uh, uh, family, you all may differ. But my opinion is that we don't have leadership. Who has that type of sensitivity and who is aware of how social media has changed the discourse, has changed the, the, it's changed the framework of how we engage and are yeah. willing to say, look, we need to pull something back. They don't inject a sense of, uh, you know, of, of, of calm. They don't inject that into it. Matter of fact, they're the ones leading it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we have a lot to discuss and a lot to figure out as a society yeah. as far as what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, what crosses the line. To my knowledge, I don't think it's a very frequent... Um, it's not very frequent to hear about someone being prosecuted, etc., for issuing death threats over social media. Right. Even though it's a very common thing, because people can kind of brush it off and say, oh, it's just social media, you know, it's not to be right. taken seriously. If you were to say the same thing to someone's face be a very serious crime. right? Um, so these are all questions that yeah, I think we're still trying to figure out as a society.
0: I think that as we figure them out, as we figure these questions out, I think we have to be, you know, we don't want to look at always at the negative, but we have to be empirical. We have to look at the facts. And and there's data which shows you know, when we talk about the, the rise in uh, in violence against Muslims, against minorities, just going back to President Trump's now President Trump's uh, rhetoric on the campaign trail. You know, there this all it paints a picture. It's, and, and if you look at, I'm pretty sure, right? Maybe somebody has done the studies already, which which gives us something else to do. Has looked at the some of the keywords, hashtags that are on social media that are anti-immigrant, uh, anti—or, or, you know, just espousing white supremacist views or, you know, all those, all those bigoted types of views, how they're present on social media, and is there a correlation between those—the the rise in violence against marginalized communities? You know, I think that has yeah. to be done. That's an interesting question.
1: Yeah. There's one more little parallel I want to throw at you guys. Yeah, it's from an article in the New York Times, September thirteenth, two thousand seventeen. Uh, it's an op-ed article by uh, Sudipto Mundal Why was Gauri Lankesh killed? In this article, I won't read from it directly, but one of the interesting things they talk about, if you follow the Democratic Party and kind of the uh reevaluation that's going on within the democratic party right now right. you will notice some parallels it talks about the uh dalit people who are known as kind of they used to be known as the untouchables yes before yes. during gandhi's time i think he gandhi is the one that who, fourth layer right the yeah, bottom he yeah. uh got rid of that term mm-hmm. intentionally i believe okay it talks about how they were some of them were alienated by the uh left wing parties in India, because those left-wing parties were led by these, I'm using my own words now, kind of very, the highest caste, mm. kind of the elitist type of people right. that alienated the people of, or uh, marginalized people of low-income and uh, an impoverished background. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought that was interesting because I hear a lot of that talk, mm-hmm. a lot of these questions being asked right now. Even within the left-wing uh, segment of our population in the United
0: States, like uh, so, you're saying that there's a disconnect between the those who have been disenfranchised and the uh, yes, upper echelon. Yes, there's of a disconnect
1: the, between the party leadership and the people the party leadership claims to be working for and protecting.
0: Oh, absolutely, Ab- yeah. and I, I think that's a I think that's a, a, a fairly accurate assessment. And in in general, and and that's why party politics, I think, is is so interesting, uh, because you find that the needs of the of those who are disenfranchised, hmm. they're more like they they've been treated more like pawns, hmm. and their their needs and their concerns are not really ever really addressed, um, and at a certain point people realize that they realize that they're being they're being sold a bill of goods uh there is a there's some talk right now about the we, we were talking earlier in, in the studio uh, about the there's a hashtag that's it's called no cop no cop academy right so one of the yeah one of uh, the folks around here was, was talking about no cop academy and the the, the gist of it is now I'm just relaying a conversation uh, to you, family. So I am entrusting you to do your due diligence. Uh, so, but what the gist of the conversation that I, that I was given was there's night there was like a 95 million dollar uh, allotment, you know, funds that were given for I guess the building or creation or expansion of a police academy in, in here in Chicago. Now. With Chicago being supposedly cash-strapped uh, as far as education is concerned, the conversation, the question, it, it arises, especially after seeing fifty schools closed, you know, some years back. Couldn't that money, or wouldn't that money, be better utilized being funneled into the education system? And that's that's definitely a fair question, mm-hmm. and especially when you're looking at uh, communities with the lower, you know. Uh, I guess you could say lower socioeconomic status, you know, where education is pivotal in breaking the cycle of poverty, any investment, every investment in education is, you know, is critical. Yeah. So, but once again, it comes, it doesn't come from the party that is associated with, uh, you know, we hear the conservatism and we hear, you know, forget about you poor people. Uh, so it's not associated with that party. It's associated with the party that's supposed to be, quote unquote, the champion of the of the little guy. Hmm. So, uh, and that and that's not that's not making a declarative statement or an indictment on the uh, on, on how those funds are being allocated. Uh, I think in order to do that, what's important for us to do is even when we're hearing, we're getting information, is that we are make sure that we get we're seeing the whole picture. You know, because social media also does allow us to respond to things immediately with half of the facts or a quarter of the facts or just looking at one, you know, one one piece of information. Uh, And that can also put us in a really dangerous spot.
1: Yeah, we talked about that before, too, the echo chambers. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: If I'm on social media... Because of the algorithms and the way everything is set up now mm-hmm. I will only see things which kind of reinforce my own beliefs And right. make me feel better about my own beliefs right. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy And I almost kind of want to feel In a way I want to feel sorry for the people Like the people who trolled us or whatever yeah. Because all they're probably seeing in their social media Is stuff about like anti-Islamic and Muslims are this and that And they're you know they're out to get you and don't believe what they say And stuff right. like that so I almost kind of feel sorry for them in a way. In a way I don't because yeah. it's still their choice at the end of the day, you know. Right. Um but yeah, it's it's uh it's complicated because yeah, the more I mean I'm sure people when they came up with these algorithms and so on, yeah. they did it with the intention of oh, we're gonna make people's experience user experience even better, you know. Right. What ended up happening, I don't think anyone <laughs> anticipated this, that it would get like this where people it just creates their own bubble. Their yeah. own almost uh, alternate reality.
0: Yeah, and you know, there's an old statement which says that if you want to hide information, put it in a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are, uh, and uh, Radio Slime Family, oh, let me give you the number because we're just we're just talking. If you'd like to give us a call, 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. So uh, uh, we were recently in a... Uh, in a workshop, and one of the things that was discussed was where journalists get their information from. And the statistic was, I believe, 67% of the information that journalists get, they get from Twitter, right? That's their clearinghouse for where they get. So if you follow uh, AP, the Associated Press, or CNN, every major media outlet has uh, a Twitter feed. That's, I mean, you can't be in media, in broadcasting in in the 21st century, uh, and not be using uh, these platforms. But I say that to say this. I say I I, I give you the saying about if you want to hide information, put it in a book. Uh, because now people are getting their information 140 characters at a time. Right. And if you think about a book, if you just open up a book and, and just count the count the letters, and see where you stop at at, at 100. How far 140 gets you. You know, and you're basing your your view on on immigration, you're basing your view on 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 equity, on the economy, on health, on uh celebrities, I mean on, on your own value as a human being, off of a hundred and forty characters. You're reading a hundred and forty characters at a time, and when you when, like I said, when you go into that book, you see how incomplete. That's not even a paragraph. That's not even a paragraph. And people are their worldview is being established off of this so that um th- that pushes us back to the point that there has to be a resurgence of uh, of a love for knowledge uh a love for you know for, for for doing that due diligence of of investigating you know for yourself feeding your mind yes. you know and um, and hopefully we'll get to that point hopefully
1: yeah, one more thing I want to clarify for our listeners. Yeah. Um, I speak for myself, Brother Dark. he can speak for himself. Mm-hmm. I do personally try to stay uh, politically unbiased, right? Okay, yes, sir. I try to stay unbiased. Now, it's no secret that we here at Radio Islam, just if you've been listening, we're very critical of uh, the Trump administration's policies. We're not a fan of the policies. We're not a fan of President Trump himself, although he is the president, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much fair and square. Right. Um, now, being unbiased, though, doesn't mean um, ignoring something that's wrong. Right. doesn't mean, you know, just kind of being blind to what's right and what's wrong and presenting both sides As if there is no such thing as right and wrong, you know Unbiased means that whatever side the truth is on That's the side we're on uh, For each individual issue, you know And if it so happens that right now At this time, in this age That uh, the Republican Party's policies are much worse For example, then we're going to talk about that Mm -hmm. But it's not out of enmity for, you know, these It's not out of... uh, this weird loyalty to these red and blue states and these these this kind of things, we do try to remain unbiased. But being unbiased does not mean being deaf dumb and blind. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Well, and and I stand I stand behind that as well. Uh, and I think that is the once again, that is a perspective that I think you will not hear. You you are not likely to hear at any other. Uh, outlet. You're not going to turn the dial and hear uh, hear folks saying that we stand with the truth wherever the truth is. We stand with justice wherever justice is. Uh, it is not. It is not about. Uh, it is not about you know. Part. It's not partisan politics. I'm going to also add on one other thing. We don't really have the time to go into it, but I feel it's necessary. I mention it because we're talking about behavior in social media we're talking about a prime minister a prime minister who's following uh, trolls on twitter folks who have uh, inflicted or not inflicted necessarily but who may have been a part of violence that's been inflicted upon uh, upon other people other segments of the population this idea of uh, of, of 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 trolling and i I don't think that's the right we're right word. I think we need to turn we need to coin a new term. I'm going to say lurking. so we have people who are lurking and they are issuing threats, they are sending bigoted messages and And what I believe I don't think it's just from a place of of just ignorance it, probably some of it is, but I also believe that these people, if given the opportunity, would inflict harm or watch harm inflicted upon the people that they are. Uh, That they are terrorizing.
1: Absolutely, I think about that question all the time. Mm -hmm. I wanna, I almost want to ask some of these people, like, look, if you had some of these people are, you know, just extreme Islamophobes, right, who are issuing death threats over social media and so on. I wonder this question sometimes, if, like, I want to ask them, if you had the chance, right, Mm -hmm. if you knew you could physically harm me and get away with it, what would you actually do?
0: I feel pretty secure just just being a student of history that just like that cross burning you know in Tulsa Oklahoma or Rosewood Florida or any place throughout Georgia and Alabama all these places in the south or even up here in, in the north they were followed they were followed by acts of violence there was a precursor to violence that came whether it was being abducted in the middle of the night you know and finding you know your father or Cousin or whomever lynched the next day, after being tortured and and all types of unspeakable things done to them, I see these types of communications on social media in very much the same fashion. I don't see them as benign. I don't see them as just a First Amendment. Uh, you know, I don't see it as a First uh, enacting or exercising the First Amendment. I, I see them as acts of terror, no less, uh, no less harmful or shameful or heinous as burning a cross in somebody's lawn. Hmm. You know?
1: Yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to dig and discover here is what's really going on. It's, it's bigger than just politics. It's bigger than just a uh, Republican or Democrat, or it's bigger than just uh, supporting President Donald Trump. I think Donald Trump represented for a lot of people something very emotional, something very visceral in a way. Yeah. Um, a desire inside them That for whatever reason They may have felt marginalized Or, de- or oppressed in some way or form uh-huh. Now we can argue whether that's actually True or not But the people that voted him yeah. um, Mostly white, mostly middle class As far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong um, So we can debate about whether that's actually Perceived or is actually true But the sentiment is there And that sentiment itself When it beca- becomes words Right um, that's dangerous, we're worried about that, not because we're afraid of, you know, free speech, right. but we're afraid of that speech turning into action. Mm. Um, and then now it's already turning turning into threats, right? Death threats. Yeah. I mean, it's getting progressively worse. Mm. So it is something to be very concerned about. I don't think, I agree with you, and it's not something to be taken very lightly, to just be brushed off as like, oh, you know, just let them go at each other on social media. Right. Well there's emotions behind those words and emotions are
0: very powerful absolutely absolutely, and I hope that even in saying having this conversation uh, family is that we, we go back to what we opened up with and that is for the believer is that we, we have faith that there's nothing that takes place that is outside of the control of the creator there's nothing that takes place and our responsibility is to to go back to what my brother uh, brother Ibrahim mentioned is that we have a responsibility to stand on the side of justice stand on the side of truth and and i think that is probably that is probably at the root of a lot of this a lot of this is centuries of 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 position positionality that is based on what is in my best interest yes uh and that and and what that does is it causes it creates this 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 binary this dichotomy where you see one standard over here and you see another standard over here and depending on which side you're on you know you know you're gonna have problems It's like the guy that's being uh the fellow that's being uh DeAndre Harris, I think that's his name from uh Charlottesville, the young man who was beaten uh Yes, DeAndre see. Harris. Yeah, DeAndre Harris. This fella, this this young man was beaten by six white supremacists uh, at the at, at the I think it was August twelfth, the Charlottesville alt right uh, gathering of the alt right that rally. And one of them, I mean, they they beat him really really badly, and one of them has has now gone and filed charges with the magistrate there. So now there's a warrant out. For him to appear in court. Uh, And the charge is. uh, It's. What is it wounding. Uh, Let me see I've I've got it right. Unlawful wounding charge. Right. So. I guess they're charging him. With hurting. This other guy's fist. With his face. Right. I I mean that's the only thing that I could think. Because I saw the video myself. And. That to think that our our judicial system can be used in that fashion, that, you know, this is a long conversation, uh, but it's it's ridiculous. It just shows an obvious double standard.
1: Yeah, it just it's, it makes me ask kind of like, okay, have we already taken a step back after this kind of collective uh, national reevaluation that happened after the tragedy in Charlottesville? Right. Have you already taken a step back?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where. Where is the, the justice uh, in that? But of course, they're also reporting that this is done. This is likely done by the one of the organizations that was a part of that that gathering, and it's a retaliatory uh, type of uh, of movement that's taking place. But uh, to kind of bring some of this to a close, because we're wow, we have just flown through the uh, through the hour. But to bring some of the, some of this to the close. It's important. It's important that if we're not going to have the leadership shown by those who are in leadership, who've been elected, um, then it's important for us as the as citizens to exercise, uh, to show some, to take some leadership and show a, to show proper decorum, to show how conduct should look in this new space that we're still, we're still figuring out, you know, uh, we can't, Beehive, y'all need to slow down. I'm just telling y'all right now, you need to slow down and stop jumping on people because they don't like lemonade or they didn't like whatever song. Yeah, take it easy. All right, so that's all I have on that. Uh, Do you have anything that you want to close with?
1: No, let's just remind everyone of the fundraising dinner one last time.
0: No doubt. We have, uh, matter of fact, I'm going to give you two fundraisers, right? Uh, I'm going to give you the the first one I'm going to give you is the um, the play, which is uh, which is on behalf of Meshadar Taqwa. It is an original play written by Zakia Elamine. It's called In Spite Of and it's going to be performed on November 11th at 6 p.m. at Chicago State University at the Breakey Theater. That's 9501 South King Drive. Tickets are twenty five dollars and you can go to Eventbrite to purchase your tickets. Just put in, in spite of it's a uh, it's a great play. I would give you the description now, but uh, I don't want to get cut off by WCV because we we've got the time from six to seven. So, but it's an awesome play. As a matter of fact, yours truly, the host with the most, is making a short cameo appearance uh, in the play towards the end. So uh, that. Uh, and then also, there is a so November twelfth is gonna be a big day, so November twelfth am I saying that right? yes, November twelfth uh is gonna be a big day because there are two things that are taking place um most so there is a at two o'clock there is a free um you know what we're gonna we're gonna scrap that, forgive me, see that's why I call you family because I can just make these mistakes and just move on, yeah because I know you're not judging me uh so November 12th at Ashton Place. This is in Willowbrook. And the poster, the, the, the JPEG of the poster will be up on our site, on our uh, Facebook page tomorrow, inshallah. Uh, that is Radio Slum's annual fundraising dinner. Uh, and this is a, huge, it is a huge event because what, what you do by supporting this, by buying a ticket and showing up, what you do is you support the work that we are continuing to try to do to expand our programming. You're supporting the launch of a crisis text line. Uh, you will be able to come out and enjoy the Afa for Arab uh, art exhibition by uh, the legendary uh, who recently passed, Jack Shaheen. And, um, and, and, and that's about it. So we're just looking forward to you coming out and joining us on November 12th. That's a Sunday. And we'll be praying Maghrib together. That's four thirty, and dinner will be served at five. So hope to see you there. All right. So we're going to wrap up. We thank you for joining us. The uh, comments of the host um, are there. Should not, should not be attributed to Sound Vision. Uh, the executive producer. I'm going to reverse order. The executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. Uh, our engineer, co-producer for the evening, Ibrahim Beg. Uh, I am your host. Uh, and co-producer, Tariq Elamine. We we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow evening. Same time, I leave you as I greeted you. As-salamu alaykum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.